0: The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com. This is the Full Spectrum Podcast with Big Data and Maverick, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Big data. We are back on the airwaves. I'm so pumped. Buddy, can not just tell you something? I feel like I miss you. I feel like I missed you. I don't know.
0: I miss you too. And I think there's someone else that misses you.
1: Yeah, I know. Your daughter is probably the most, my biggest fan, to be quite honest with you. She, I, uh, yeah.
0: She is. But I was thinking more of someone you talked to last week.
1: Buddy, uh, let me tell you something real quick to, to all the people that listened to the, the episode last week with the greatest of all time, um, Mr. James Harrison, I would actually say listen to it again, because in all honesty. We have become best friends. He won't tell you this. I've been emailing him. No, he hasn't emailed back. But the way I look (laughs) at it is the strong – the more I go after him, the more he'll want to be best friends. He made it – the one thing I really liked about James Big Data was this. He was raw. He was real. He told me how it was. He told everyone how he got into the league, everything. And he is one interesting fellow. And I don't think that a lot of people – Gave them credit or, or assumed that. They just saw a guy that was just a punisher in the, on the defensive side of the ball. The guy that has the, by the way, 100-yard TD interception 100. return. 100. And uh, a record that won't be broken. Mr. James Harrison, what a great, great podcast last week.
0: And, you know, he gave us some tidbits. I didn't even see it when when we were, when we were looking into, you know, his, how he, he came up into football. When he dropped the old, yeah, when Clark Hagen's broke his hand and I made the team, I was like, I was like, wow, I totally forgot about that. And then, you know, cultured guy telling us about how he likes wine. I mean, you're not going to get that anywhere else.
1: You're not. You know what? Stop telling everybody. And on top of it, he's a movie star now. He's a TV guy. I mean, hey, I don't want to give it all away. Listen to the podcast because you'll get it. And I know you've listened to it, so. We're only, we're only telling you what you already know. But if you didn't, forever chance, you kind of missed it, please get back to it because it was awesome, awesome stuff. It was fun stuff. Great guy. And I hope to actually have him back again, maybe closer to the start of the NFL season. With that being said, Mr. Big Data, let's start on the NFL. Why? Because I want to. It's a better segue that way. So let's start with the 17-game season, the newly 17-game season. For years, since 1978, they had 16 games. They said, hey, everybody, we are so popular. People can't get enough of us. Let's add an extra game. Big Data, very quickly, do you like the extra game that the NFL has added for its fans and players?
0: Well, let's see. One extra Sunday to watch football. Uh, Another... 16 games to bet on. Uh, Yeah, I think I like it. How about you? Uh,
1: You know what? I'll tell you right now. My bookie loves it. Absolutely loves it. Um, I will say this. I'm only more worried. See, I'm a guy that doesn't like a lot of change. And I'm not saying that I don't like it. I think what I'm saying is I just... Hope that the quality doesn't go down. I mean, football is the most vicious game. Uh, James said it last week. It's a tough game. It's a hard game. A lot of new records are going to be set now, right? Like that extra game is going to, you know, you kind of have to look at everything that's been set already. Do you put an asterisk now next to the new records that might be broken going forward? Um, So little things like that I think are going to be a little bit... uh, Something to get used to. But overall, I mean, as a huge NFL fan that I am, and I know you are as well, I, how can you say no? The more important thing is that they're keeping the the playoff format that they went with last year. Only one team gets the bye. One team is the one seed. I love that. The extra game, I mean, it's only going to uh, add extra drama for that end of the season. So, yeah, I'm pumped about
0: it. And, you know, we can tell the listeners you don't like change. You're still listening to the CDs. You have a huge yeah. CD collection.
1: It's fantastic. I got you too, Duran Duran, <laughs> whatever you want. I got it all.
0: Yeah. I'll say this though. Mm-hmm. There's something related to this 17 game season. As you very smartly brought up to me earlier, the new TV deal. Let's go through nice. the numbers. It is Please. a boatload of dough coming to the NFL. So last year, uh, in the last year of their set of deals that the NFL has, uh, they brought in 5.9 billion dollars of TV revenue, which is gigantic. It's the most anybody gets. It's massive.
1: It's not bad. It's not bad.
0: Going forward, 113 billion over the next 11 years, 10.2 billion dollars per year, an 80 percent increase in revenue from 2023 to 2034 these numbers are they're just crazy let me go through each company disney who owns espn and abc 2.8 billion a year 29.7 billion total fox 2.3 billion a year 24.75 billion total cbs 2.1 billion a year 23.1 billion total uh, NBC, $2 billion a year, $22 billion total, and even Amazon getting in on the action for Thursday Night Football, a cool billion a year, so $11 billion total. So those numbers are staggering. I mean, wow. there's huge companies that aren't worth $30 billion a year, and Disney's paying $30 billion, uh over 11 years uh, for football. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: You gotta you gotta say one thing. As much as maybe I don't wanna admit it, you gotta give Roger Goodell some credit. That is exactly why he is the commissioner. This is what the commissioner is supposed to do, put these deals together. That is some crazy, crazy number, man. That is nuts. And the
0: salary cap, you know, it's gonna spike, you know, as as the deals pile up there in twenty twenty three and beyond. We're gonna have a hundred million dollar a year quarterback at some point. I don't know, 2024, 2025, somewhere around there, we will have the first $100 million player in sports. I, I should say, you know, these soccer guys, maybe they do make $100 million already. It's a, little, it's a little dicey with the endorsements or whatnot, but for just salary from a team, I think you're going to see the first $100 million player in the NFL.
1: So, real quick, does that mean that the New Orleans, uh, the New Orleans Saint front office or the accounting department is pumped about this because their math will finally start making sense? (laughs)
0: That's right. So, regardless of how bad your team's front office is, Everyone will have salary cap room in 2023.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Real quick, let's stick one more point because we, we cannot not talk about this. The NFL draft is just around the corner. And last week, the Miami Dolphins pulled off a big, big move. They traded their number three spot to the San Francisco 49ers. What does that mean? It basically means that Miami, who had an opportunity to maybe go and get a quarterback because, let's call it, Tua wasn't exactly everything that he was hyped up to be. But somebody in Miami said he might, or, or that he did prove enough. So Miami basically showing the world, we're sticking with Tua. We're giving the pick to San Francisco. Big data. What does this mean about San Francisco? Who do you think they might go after, and what, do you like that pick by San Francisco?
0: Well, first of all, we got to give Laramie Tunsil, the former left tackle of the Miami Dolphins, credit as the... Probably second biggest haul of players ever gotten in a trade after Herschel Walker. The amount of draft picks that these teams have thrown around in this Laramie Tunsil trade is it's just staggering. Uh, San Fran, one hundred percent. They're looking for a quarterback. Uh, they must have identified one of uh, you know the. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the number one. Uh, so, they obviously, they're going for Fields or Wilson or or one of these other Mac Jones, who knows who they like the best. Uh, but, yeah, you only make that trade to get a quarterback.
1: You know what? I couldn't agree more. I mean, there was, there's been talk. There's still talk about Jimmy G maybe not making it to the – to the next year i think jimmy g's safe i think he will stick around but just for this year so i do think you're absolutely correct i think they are going to go after one of the four highly touted uh quarterbacks in this draft it's exciting stuff it's drama i told you you're all about the data i'm all about the drama next week we're going to talk a little bit more about the nfl draft going forward and maybe we'll even do a quick little mock draft let's have a little fun let's maybe uh put a little money on we'll we'll figure something out we'll have a little fun and you want
0: to do like all seven rounds mock draft, or how far do you want to go?
1: <laughs> you know what? I, if it was up to me, I'd do all seven <laughs> for sure. I think the CEO might not like that, but uh, it is. Worth we'll it. have a uh,
0: six-hour podcast next week.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm down for it. Let's do it. It's a marathon one. It's for the it's for the kids. Let's just do it. Why not? From there, let's jump over to the NBA before we get to the real madness. Um, the NBA had its trade deadline last week. Some. I, I'll be honest with you, big data. I I found it to be a little bit of a dud. Not 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 too crazy, but prove me wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
0: So the uh, level of player that was traded uh, was not, you know, any of the top top players in the league. But the quantity of trades and the impact of the contenders was really high. So obviously, James Harden got traded a while ago. We've talked about that quite a bit. It's worked out fantastic the nets are starting to look like a juggernaut so the rest of the nba is looking to to catch up so uh a few interesting trades that we'll see uh probably the best one to make a team better uh we're gonna say is aaron gordon from the orlando magic to the denver nuggets i'm really starting to like this nuggets team now uh you know, Vucevic and Murray have been playing great since last year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. What a March this kid had! Uh, he's just exploded on the scene this month. Uh, basically, he's basically making them a big three now. He's playing that well. Add Gordon to the mix. They're they're just a monstrously huge team now. If if you're playing uh, Gordon Porter Jr. Uh, Vucevic, uh, you know as your front line is just an incredibly talented and big front line. Uh, so really, really love that trade. Uh, you know, the, the Nuggets sent, uh, Gary Harris's salary. And of course, Gary Harris himself, uh, some future first round picks and a former first round pick, uh, RJ Hampton to get him. And then the Nuggets got Gordon and, and Gary Clark to, to round out their team. So that was a really nice one.
1: Let me ask you this, um, with that being said, do the Nets now, I mean, they end up grabbing Blake Griffin. I know that wasn't a trade. It was more of a sign. It was more of a release and pick-up kind of idea, whatever the case may be. Um, has this solidified the Nets as the number one team in the East?
0: So they, they got Blake Griffin and they got LaMarcus Aldridge in the buyout market. That's so, right. yeah, I mean, what, like, Blake Griffin hadn't dunked in 14 months in the NBA, and then in his first game with the Nets, he threw down this monster jam, and everyone's like, um, "What? What happened in the last year and a half in Detroit? Was he just like fooling around?" So, uh, and same with Lamarcus Aldridge tonight was his first night as a net. Uh, you know, there was you know KD hasn't played in a long time. Harden was out tonight. Uh, Kyrie's recently back in the lineup. And uh, first game, he looked fantastic, Aldridge. Uh, I think they have a really deep team, uh, and they're they're looking really good.
1: I will say I really do like the Aldridge, and I do like the Blake Griffin. And follow me on this. I think especially the Griffin. A lot of people assume that just because he can dunk over cars and everything like that, that this guy was – a superstar, premier NBAer. He's not. The fact that he can kind of stay in the shadows a little bit, I think that's exactly where he needs to be and wants to be. To be quite honest, I think he knows his role now. So I do think the reemergence of Blake Griffin is back.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the end, he's like the f- f- you know fifth or sixth option on their team. They're that good. They're that loaded. Which, which <laughs> I think he
1: likes. I think he. Likes yeah, that,
0: you never absolutely. know. So, uh, but I mean, a couple more to highlight too. Uh, big move again by the Magic. They were cleaning house. Uh, they traded uh, Nikola Vucevic to the uh, Chicago Bulls in a big move. Uh, they also traded Al Farouk He'd been hurt. He wasn't playing that much for the Magic. Uh, the Magic get um, Otto Porter Jr. Basically, he's a big salary uh, to match Vucevic's. A couple first-round picks and uh, you know a. Uh, Big man who was a high pick in Wendell Carter Jr. He was the seventh overall pick. Lots of hype for him. He went to Duke, did really well in college. They thought he'd be a really, you know, a really prototype, good new type of center for the NBA, and it hasn't worked out. And that could be just the program in Chicago. Uh, so maybe we'll see Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, blossom uh, with the Magic. The Magic basically they tore it down. They said. You know, enough's enough. Uh, we're trading our our two highest paid players. We're going to go with the young guys. We're going to stink for a while and get a bunch of draft picks,
1: and that's that's what they're doing. Do you know why I'm upset about this? Is because I'm never going to hear the end of it by my brother in law. He's probably the only actual Orlando Magic fan, and now I have to hear this for the next.
0: I think there's year, I think there's years, seven of them, years. but he he's the <laughs> loudest one.
1: He is he is the loudest one for sure. From this- there let's go to the ncaa but before we get there quick little note major league baseball started today that's it okay <laughs> from there we go to the march madness um let's let's get into the madness the craziness that is ensued big data like i love my stats not as much as you because you are the big data but i have to break this one down and then you can crack it open and, and tell the people all about it So here I am putting my bracket together. And, of course, in the first round, what do I got? A little Ohio State versus Oral Roberts? Sure. I don't even know where Oral Roberts is. Ohio State. Click. Move on. What a crazy upset that that is. The reason I bring it up, it broke 92% of the brackets that were made for the tournament. One game, one huge upset. Big data, this is the year of the upset. It's actually been official now. This was the most amount of upset in the NCAA tournament. And there's a guy on this podcast, I'm not going to say who it is, that said, take all the numbers this week. When you're betting on the games, take all the pluses. I was just saying that. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to say who it was between you <laughs> and I. It was me. However, tell everyone about the craziness of March Madness. What a great, great tournament once again.
0: You know, they really did it again. Um, it was so great uh, viewership is through the roof this year, uh, is the highest rated tournament so far since 1993. And you know what? It's been worth it. Um, Let's start in the South region. That's where the big upset started. You said it, Oral Roberts, which I believe is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken, were able to pull it out against the two seed, the Big Ten, Ohio State Buckeyes, Oral Roberts then continued and they knocked off the seven seed Florida Gators. Uh, They have basically Oral Roberts had uh, two really good players on their team. Uh, Asmus and O'Bannard, and these guys in the first two rounds, they just went off. They're each averaging over 25 points a game and they were running these high pick and rolls and, pick-and-pops, and these defenses, they they just couldn't figure them out. Um, and eventually they succumbed to the must-bust uh, Eric Musselman's uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, you know, there were lots of upsets in that in that south bracket, North Texas, upset Purdue. Um, and, you know, we, we had uh, the biggest upset being, of course, Oral Roberts with those two games. In the end, Baylor was the number one seed in the south. They played Arkansas beat arkansas now you know they've made it to the final four
1: now let me ask you this i i I guess i'm just gonna have to do this i'm gonna have to (laughs) gonzaga they are on fire and with all due respect i'm gonna tell you a little something i didn't tell you this yet but i'm gonna tell you this when they played byu in that finals in the west coast finals i was a little worried about them they weren't playing up to par and i said to myself come the tournament first game i was never worried about them i knew they were going to come out but especially against, you know, as they progressed into the tournament, I was getting more, I wasn't, I was thinking to myself, all it's going to take is one athletic team to match these guys. And they might, we might see a major upset. Your Bulldogs are on a mission. My friend, tell the people they are not to be reckoned with. They are no joke. Are they like, I know they're undefeated, but they are not here. to uh, lose. They
0: are the real deal. So in the West region, that's where Gonzaga was you know, they had played the two, three, and four seeds early in the season in the non-conference. And those that was, uh, Kansas was the three seed, Virginia was the four seed, and Iowa was the two seed. And they'd beaten them all in the non-conference. So I was feeling pretty good about the Zags' chances. And then, of course, like you said, it was a crazy upsetting tournament for all the, the, the lower seeds. And you know, Gonzaga ended up not having to play any of those seeds. So the toughest game the Zags had to play so far was in the second round. They played a really game Oklahoma team. Uh, They ran this high pick and roll, and they kept getting the center. Drew Timmy switched on Reeves, the shooting guard, and he he took advantage pretty well. Uh, But in the end, you know, the Zags score better than anyone else. They play pretty good defense too, and they were able to, to, you know, they handily beat Oklahoma. And then in the uh, Sweet 16, they handled Creighton very easily, uh, but then you know the Pac 12. We should talk about them. Uh, you know, un, you know, maligned conference the whole season, uh, and USC is in the West Region. Uh, played really well. They got really hot, and you know they they played Gonzaga in the Elite Eight uh, to see who would win the region, and there was a lot of talk that you know Gonzaga is the best two point field goal percentage team in the history of NCAA basketball. Well guess what? USC had the best two point defense this season in NCAA. So people thought USC would be able, you know, they have a couple NBA type players in their team. Evan is going to be one of the top picks in the draft for USC. And you know what? That was it was just false. The Zags smashed them. Uh, they're playing at a level that no one else in the tournament is playing And, yeah, they crushed the West region, and they're in the final four.
1: So with that being said, on this very podcast, I said, hey, I'm going to take a Cinderella team. They're really not a Cinderella because they were ranked number two. It's Houston. My Cougars are looking fantastic. They're looking great. Now, they had a crappy second half in the last game they played, however, against the Oregon Beavers. But I'm going to tell you this one thing. I'm more worried about what just recently happened. Mattress Mac (laughs) is back. Who is he? He's a guy. He's a he owns a mattress empire down in Houston. This guy is notorious for putting very large bets, especially on his home teams. Uh, just recently, he I mean, not his home team, but he took Tampa Bay in this one. Recently, before that, he took Houston Astros in the World Series uh, from a couple of years ago. He's put a million dollars on the Houston Cougars to win it all. Should I be worried about my pick going forward? I, I'm not sure. I'm, I Should I be happy about this or, or upset about this? I don't know. So I'll do. say
0: this. So uh, Houston's in the, It was in the South region. So right away, one of the biggest upsets was the one seed, uh, the fighting Alina of Illinois lost to upstart uh, Loyola Chicago. Uh, Loyola Chicago was pretty badly underseeded. They were, they were basically uh, in Ken Palm. They were a top 10 team. Uh, during the regular season, and the committee seated them eighth, and so Illinois got them in the second round, and Loyola just punched them in the mouth. Uh, really, pretty handily uh, beat Illinois. You know, and Illinois has they have you know Kofi Coburn, Ayodele Sumno, two NBA prospects that are going to be uh, in the league pretty soon here. Uh, And Loyola played great. Cameron Crutwig, he was just a star of the tournament. Uh, He's the only holdover from when Loyola made the final four four years ago. And he he played great. So, you know, a lot of – it was a pretty interesting uh, region in the Midwest because, yeah, Loyola beat Illinois. Then Oregon State went and, you know, as a 12 seed, uh, they were also, like I said, the Pac-12 uh came out of nowhere this year. They, you know, Oregon State only made the tournament because they won the Pac-12 tournament. Then they stayed hot and you know, they made it all the way. They beat Loyola Chicago. They made it all the way to the Elite 8. Um and they faced Houston. Houston had a you know, really easy road actually. So they only played double digit seeds all the way through the region. Uh they got lucky. Syracuse took out a bunch of the the best teams. Uh, Oregon State took out a bunch of the best teams, so then it was Houston, Oregon State in the Elite Eight, and Houston eked it out. So uh, they're a very good team. They're scrappy. They're not very tall, but they're they're just really tough. They have an excellent coach in Kelvin Sampson, uh, and they're they're going to be a you know a lot to handle. I think that Baylor Houston Final Four game is going to be really tight, and uh, I still think Baylor is going to squeak it out. But Houston's Houston's a really good team.
1: Well, don't get away, <laughs> Big Data. Here we go. Um, real quick, I just want to make this known, that I was actually kind of sidely cheering, side, side cheer for the Oregon Beavers. Oh, I, I feel like Oregon beaver State. Oregon State, you're going to get the you know fans. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. You're right. There's, it's the duck versus the beaver. I apologize. Oregon State. I really kind of was cheering for him because I wanted to see a beaver in the finals. Who doesn't love a beaver to win it all? You know what I mean? So I, true. I love them. I just my thing. All right, Big Data's not wrong. So great debate. We're just going to take this and take it into Let's the next Maverick. Level. One, one last thing. We, yeah. We'll be oh, remiss
0: sure. if course, we didn't yeah. talk about the other Pac-12 team. The East Region, sure. number 11 seed UCLA, runs the table mm-hmm. in the entire East Region. Uh, they, they got a little bit lucky. Uh, Abilene Christian knocked off Texas early on. Uh, But UCLA, they had a play in the play-in game. They were the 11th seed. They were in the first four. They beat Michigan State in the first four. They beat BYU, a tough BYU team, because I know, because I watched the Zags play them three times this year. And then they went and beat number one seed Michigan in the Elite Eight to make it. So Pac-12 had a great tournament, and UCLA is their rep in the final four.
1: Yeah. You know what? UCLA. I mean, they, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, I've said it a million times, just in life, the hot team, you got to watch out for that hot team. I mean, they, they had to play in right. And they, they didn't play in some weird school. They played Michigan state to get in. So they've been playing for their lives from day one. So with that being set up, here we go. It's great debate time. We're just taking this to the, as we alluded to, we're to the final four. Big data final four. It's, I want you to pick the winners. Who's going to meet in the finals? And then you pick the final. Are I'm you ready? ready. Here we go. It's Gonzaga and UCLA. And then it's the Houston Cougars versus the Baylor Tigers. Big data. Have at
0: her. I'm going to correct you really quickly so Baylor fans don't get upset. The Baylor Bears. Right. <laughs> yeah, you call them the Tigers. It's okay. There's some Tigers close oh, by I'm sorry. there. I'm this is the LSU. Very I apologize. close. I apologize. Uh, uh, so I already let the cat out of the bag. I think, you know, Baylor has been the second best team in the in college basketball all year. They have the best combination of three defensive guards who can also shoot the three. I think they'll be able to, you know, play enough defense against Houston, uh, hit enough threes where they can squeak it out. I think it's going to be close. Uh, I believe the spread's around five for Baylor in that game. Uh, Maybe someone I know has some money on Houston to cover it. But I still think in the end, the Baylor Bears are going to win the game. And then, obviously, on the other side, great season by UCLA. I mean, they've got the most titles in in the history of NCAA men's basketball. But they're just not where they need to be to play the Zags. They scored 51 points to beat Michigan the other night. The Zags scored 49 points against USC in the first half the other day. I just don't think UCLA has the offense to stick with Gonzaga. I mean, the spread's something rude like 14 and a half at the moment. Uh, so you're going to have to take the Zags in that one. Uh, so obviously I have a final. I think I have it in all my, my brackets, actually. Gonzaga, Baylor. It's the most common final people have been talking about all season. I think it's inevitable that the two are going to meet. And I just think the Bears are going to put up a tough fight with the Bulldogs. But in the end, Gonzaga is just playing on a level no one can do or can compete with. Uh, they're going for history. They're 30-0 and at the moment. They're trying to get the 32-0 and cap off a his- an historic Season not done since 1976, Indiana Hoosiers. And I'm going to actually say the Zags are going to pull
1: it off and win their first championship. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the correct pick. What you're going to get from me is simply this. We'll start on the other side. We'll go with UCLA versus Zaga. You know what, UCLA? I said you were hot. You're playing good. But guess what? Your time has ended. You're taking the number one team. You're taking the team with the mission. You guys had a great run. Be be proud. Be happy that you got this far, but the Zags will take you down. On the other side, what did I say earlier in this podcast? I'm all about the drama. Baylor, upset alert, You're gone. It's my Houston Cougars taking you down. It's going to be a last-minute shot, probably a three-pointer, and my boys are going to meet Zaga in the end. So it's my number two Zag that I picked at the beginning versus Big Data's number one Zags uh, as the number one. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said it once. I said it again. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup this year. The Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series. The Lakers won the NBA championship. The Zags are going to win the NCAA tournament because it's just destiny. And COVID has proven one thing that all and the most talented team will actually win. Congratulations to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They will win the championship. Take that for data.
0: Well, wow, we agree again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just jinxed your team. I just knew so you are totally <laughs> trying
0: to reverse jinx me. I knew it. I knew it. I don't think there's... I, <laughs> there it is. I, you know, I, I, have some, I, have, I have very little fear for UCLA upsetting Gonzaga. I have some fear that Baylor... Uh, can do a number on Gonzaga. They're just—they've been an excellent team all season long. Uh, I, I really think a Baylor-Gonzaga final will be very entertaining to watch. But I mean, the Zags are playing at an all-time high level right now.
1: Can, can I just make a suggestion? Get your boys. I, I hope your boys don't have that kind of confidence in them the way you talk. Okay, get Rudy in the locker room and let him talk to the team. Bottom line. The Zags are undefeated. They're the number one team from point A to point B. Like no one's touched them. Believe in it, my friend. The Zags are number one. And God, God, God willing that they somehow that they don't win this if this happens i can't continue on this podcast with anybody (laughs) this is primarily a very selfish call on my end i can't have anybody else winning this but the zags you will be miserable for years and years to come i can't have this it has to end now i need you to win this championship more than ever
0: don't worry the zags have a great recruiting class coming i'll be i'll be right back on the bandwagon
1: All right, everybody, that's it. The Full Spectrum Podcast right at you. Big Data, thanks for coming by once again. Great show. Um, and for everyone else out there, get ready. It's going to be thanks an awesome Thanks for listening.
0: Weekend. Thanks for downloading. Yeah, if you haven't, as Maverick said earlier, catch up on those great interviews, James Harrison, Pat Vellner, Jay Glazer. we got more coming up, too.
1: Yeah, lots of great ones coming up. Have a great uh, long weekend, Easter for everyone, and be well. Talk to you soon.
0: The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com.